Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who like to take big pieces of wood and make them smaller. Mark, Shannon, and Matt. All right, it is show number 522. And on today's show, we're talking about sliding dovetails in thin stock the best finish for a kitchen countertop, and a contractor table saw versus cabinet saw. But before we get to that, we want to let you know that Rockler brings... Okay, I wanted to change this up a little bit. I'm getting bored with the intro, so I just jumbled the words around, and it's going to be great. Ready? I'm ready. Okay, Rockler brings wood talk to you. Customers are helped by Rockler when they need to create things confidently, and they've been doing that for five years less than seven. Oh my God. Rockler... <laughs> It's pretty good, right? Yeah. I mean, no. Can it's I all Megan's passive approval? voice. It makes you sound weak. Total passive voice. I you sound, sound little, wishy-washy. Yeah. I know. I rewrote it like almost academically. So it's not SEO marketing. copywriting 101. <laughs> Megan, can you approve voice. that new ad read, please? <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was good. Okay. Well, Rockler is giving away a $250 gift card to one lucky Wood Talk listener. Enter for your chance to win before April 30th at rockler.com slash woodtalk and there's another giveaway you should know about. It's got nothing to do with Wood Talk, but Rockler wants you to know. Uh, Rockler is giving away a Festool Capex. You know what that is, right? Whoa. How can we? That's a hey big yo. expensive how do, miter how, saw. How come we're only doing a two hundred fifty dollars gift card? Don't, it kind of overshadows what we're doing, doesn't it? <laughs> Rockler has gotten jealous. Like an order of magnitude. Ed, what's it matter though? Wood Talk listeners know about That's it. That's true. Can get I mean, in yeah, on it. There's that too. What's the difference? How about we just change it? Uh, Wood Talk is also doing another <laughs> giveaway on Rockler's site for the Festival Capex. Good news, everyone. Uh, you can learn more at rockler.com slash march-festool-giveaway. And of course, if you go to rockler.com, look on the homepage there. I double checked. There is a, a link to the giveaway if you're unsure of any of this. But two, two great giveaway opportunities there from the generous folks at Rockler. Oh, that was amazing. You know, all of that passive voice makes me think that you need to reword it every month. Like next month, you should reword it like Yoda yeah. and read it in a Yoda voice. Okay. Um, 
We, this is all about finding the line at which Rockler goes, yeah, no. <laughs> this is a good time to really push it, though, because it's right at the beginning of a contract. <laughs> right. Right. You don't want to do right. this when so, they're really at, you know, making decisions. You want to do it after yeah. a decision has been made. Too late now. Because that's all I could think of is is giving away $250 gift card, Rockler is. Yeah. That's okay. The, no, we'll do the Yoda read next time. I like that. Hey, good luck. Nice. Very good. I can't wait to hear that. Thank you. Anyway. Speaking of, speaking of people can't hey, read. Matt, it's my turn. Go to Patreon. <laughs> you know what? If you want to help support the show, you can do so. You can go to our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash woodtalk and sign up to become a patron of the show. This week, we're thanking. Let me scroll down because the list is so long and he's going to a separate page. Uh, Pepper, mm-hmm. Tim Summers, Out of the Woodwork, Justin Williams, Irene Han, John. There's a lot of. A lot of little letters there. <laughs> Come on, man. It's like a fellow Italian here. You should be able to get uh, this. Ficorelli. Nope. nope. I don't know. Wow. Ficorelli. Ficorelli? I don't know. I've got no idea, John. Wow. It's a good one. It's, that's that's Minnesota and Italian <laughs> from, right from there. From far away, yeah. the I's and the L's all look the same. It's like mm-hmm. a bunch of bars. All right. Steve Hummel. Oh, my, I lost my spot. Joel. Joel. <laughs> I'll bond. Sean Coffrey. No, there's no R. Coffee. And then... Mm-hmm. Ian Hampson. Well, there you go. Did you guys see okay. that Margaret put up the funniest post? So subtly funny, but I, it made me crack up uh, on Instagram where um, use our name butchering service. <laughs> oh, yeah. Donate on yeah. Patreon. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, very good. Margaret's the best. <laughs> All right. So let's get to what's on the bench. Uh, I'll go first. I'm doing a TV console. Finally, the thing that I had designed and made the imagery and had my buddy uh, Eric you know, do that. You're actually going to do it. I am doing I mean, it's it. Not gonna it's not going to look good. It will not. It absolutely <laughs> won't. Uh, so yeah, I, I, that was like before Christmas, well before Christmas. That's a uh, really then that I got long into this whole, like <clears throat> it really was. Oh. Yeah. So I had the Christmas break. Then I had the tool swap out fiasco, uh, where well, wait, it's kind of hard turn to build into a tool when, review channel. Cause that's kind of what I feel like. It's the vibe I'm getting what I'm into. Now. Well, you know, this show is turning into a content uh, production. Uh, you know what I'm looking for next, to. though? I'm looking <coughs> for that? a detailed review of the miter gauge that came with the stop stop. Do you know where that is? In the trash can. <laughs> I sold it to someone for the cost of shit. Oh, really? Yeah, there was, I'm not going to use it. it and some dude was like, hey, I see you have that saw stop there uh, and you got that other miter gauge. You're going to be using that one? I was like, uh, no. And I'm, he's like, well, I'll pay for it. Okay. So, well, just pay for shipping. That works. Uh, so I sold it to him for like 20 bucks. Oh. Didn't know that was Because I would have, I, I, the only reason I would have held onto it is to use it as an example for something in the future. And I'm like, oh, that's You fine. know, I, I have a lot of things it. for that exact purpose. Yeah. Well, I'd much rather uh-huh. go to yeah. someone who's going to use it for woodworking and not use it to make videos. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what it was intended for. Hey, can I borrow that? I'll give you $20 back to borrow it. Mm-hmm. And I'll send it back to you again. Yeah. I, can, I mean, I can find an example of a bad miter gauge if I really oh. need to. And this, this, I mean, it, it's like a stock miter gauge. It's, it's what you would expect it to be. It's fine. It'll work just fine for him. Uh, so yeah, I think the only thing I can really say about this TV console is it's, I had a couple of those moments where I've already worked a lot of the stuff out in SketchUp and a lot, you know, it's basically legs with side panels that are in grooves in those legs. There's a bottom panel that then also gets captured in grooves. Then there's mortise and tenon joinery. It's slip mortise and tenons. So there's just like, once you actually go through all of those steps and you do it very methodically, and then you look at one of these legs, it's just 
like littered with holes. It's like Swiss cheese. And, and the rhyme or reason for how you arrive there, it just reminds me back to earlier times in my woodworking where I would see uh, a piece of furniture further down the line in its production schedule. And I'd be like, I don't even know how your brain gets to that point. But somehow over time, like doing this brute force uh, enough, I've gotten to the point where while I do still find that hard to like suss out and look at the finished uh, version of that and, and figure out how it's all done, if I'm the one building it from the beginning, I, I know the steps. I can make those steps. But if I look at it in the big picture, it's confusing as hell. Uh, but, yeah. uh, but it was just one of those times where I would like remember very quickly back to which really wasn't that long ago when when that stuff would have just made me want to throw in the towel. Uh, but once you take it in this like step one, step two, step three, that sort of format, anybody can do it. You just need to know what those steps are. It's that same thing that kind of has me encouraging people to like ditch the plans mm -hmm. and like build your own stuff. Because when it is all laid out, like you don't go through that discovery process. You don't do that engineering. Yeah. So I, I feel like, and, and I've heard from a lot of woodworkers like I've been doing this for 20 years you know, but I've always built off plans right. and then they like kind of swear off plans for like a year and they're like, I'm such a better woodworker. Like I've been doing it for 20 years and had been on a total plateau um, until you actually have to figure all that stuff out and don't just have it like yeah. spoon fed to you. Well, to know why difference, you know, like there's a lot in this right, where yeah. I have a bottom panel that has to engage with the side rails, let's say uh, and those side rails also have a quarter inch panel that makes up the side of the cabinet. So where that bottom groove inter inter like interfaces with the groove that holds the panel in place on that side rail, you got to be really close. Like, like where, how deep does it go? Uh, how far vertically is it located? Cause at a certain point you're just leaving yourself this little slender piece of material. And you may not realize that if you haven't gone through all of those steps. So there is a lot of like, you, you got to think through that process and it is, it does make you a better woodworker to do it. Um, but I think that is one of the dangers when you look at that final thing, if you haven't gone through those thought processes, you know, you can definitely copy it, but doesn't mean you understand why something was done. Right. And then you go to glue it up and you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> you have to like, oh, this interferes that's with a, this. Or this has to, to be glued in first discovery. before this can be glued in. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. So anyway, it's coming along, uh, but it, I'm not dragging my butt because of work. You're like I refer to work as the things that are not building furniture. <laughs> All those other things that have to get done. I like that. This I like be that slowing a lot. Me down. I may mm -hmm. have to borrow that one. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's it for me. What about you, Matt? Uh, I've been doing work. Mark will send it to you for twenty dollars. <laughs> right for the, for the cost <laughs> of shit. Borrow it. <laughs> oh man! So we are uh, been a couple of weeks off from the home thing, or we're calling whatever mm -hmm. we're calling that. We're waiting for the weather to warm up a little bit. So it's supposed to be like in the forties next week, which is gonna be nice. Ooh, we're gonna get back down to right doing warm. some outside stuff. Again, so we're just taking a little break. So I'm doing work, as Mark would say. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm uh, into uh, warehouse mode. So I got a uh, shipment of chair kits that came in last week, I think. And somehow I got overwhelmed with orders without ever actually announcing that I had mm -hmm. them back in, which was cool and terrifying because I'm like, well, okay, now I got all these orders to pack. <laughs> so yeah. I'm doing that. And then the other thing I have going on there is I got a like giant slab surfacer machine thing that I decided to put together myself for air quotes fun because yeah. that's uh, something that makes sense when you're me. So I'm getting close to being done with that and it's going to be going over to the warehouse and living over there. But I have the whole table set up over there and then the I guess the gantry or the cutter head part is sitting on my workbench on the Rubo. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, one little issue I had, well, I didn't really think about, or I did a little bit, but getting the uh, the gantry out of the shop is going to be a little more complicated than I kind of <laughs> thought. <laughs> so I, I decided, I'm like, oh, I'll build it on my workbench. I'm, I'm making a video about it. So I'm like, oh, I'll do it on the workbench. It's well lit. I can like get angles all around it as I'm working. I'm like, okay, I have it assembled. I'm like, oh, I could just sneak it out the door with the skid steer or whatever. Um, I can't because it's so wide that I have to be coming like directly straight into the door. And right behind mm-hmm. that door is a giant sawmill. So to get this, uh, mm. which hasn't moved all winter. So it is well frozen in place. <laughs> stuck to the ground. <laughs> it's stuck to the ground and like covered in snow and ice that's been kind of melting. So the timing's going to work out so that like maybe next week sometime when it's like hot out. And the stuff's melting. I can pop this, the sawmill free from the ground, <laughs> get it out of the way, and then I can what a drive into the shop with the skid steer, pick the scantry thing up off my workbench, so I can have my workbench back again to do you know wood stuff, and get that mm-hmm. thing the heck out of here, and I can start using it maybe. <laughs> that's, that's that's my. See, life. I anticipate this this going like in a month. Mark, we're going to hear from Matt saying, "You remember how I wasn't going to put my workshop in the barn? <laughs> yeah, um, I've decided that I now have a slab surfacing room, yep. and I have a workshop in the barn. There you that, go. That might happen. Yeah, I saw Why you not? doing that in that assembly, and I'm like, that's a rather large thing you got there. <laughs> um, and I just assumed, you know, that it, you you have it all planned out. You always have this stuff planned out, and you've got the machines to move these things. Um, it's kind of funny that you're sort of just painted into a getting, getting access. It's not like I can't, it's like, okay, but it's not like it's a big deal. The machines move the things it's just like, it yeah. just becomes like this process. Okay. I got to move this to get right. this, to get this, to do that. It's not as easy as you thought it was going to be. I mean, I didn't think it was going to be easy, but this is going to be a little more hassle. <laughs> you didn't think you'd be stuck. You, you didn't think you'd be <laughs> I think it's a perfect, ground. I think it's a perfect opportunity to add a rubber tire crane to your arsenal of tools oh, good. and just lift the roof off and just fly it out of there. You know, well, it's time to, it'll, time it'll, to up the ante enough with these. Small yeah, things. it'll fit nicely next to the telehandler. <laughs> it'll look really good. You can get them painted the same. It'd be really cool. <laughs> so awesome. More, more things. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, that's more cool. Things. You that need to like have, you need to have a fleet of, things. I already feel like I have a you know, fleet of things. I think he does. Doesn't I'm he? I'm pretty already. sure I do. Yeah. I guess I think people true. would say I do. I think I would say you do. Very nice. All anyway. right. Shannon. What are you doing, dude? Um, I, uh, I, I've had some artwork. Uh, yeah, you can call it artwork. Nerd, <laughs> nerd artwork. You can, um, you can call comic it Comic book artwork. Yeah. I, I would call that art. Come on. I call that. Well, you say artwork and people think like, you know, real fancy stuff. I'm yeah. talking like, well, yeah, this is fancy stuff. I've got a, um, an inked Spider-Man drawing. I've got a, a Matt Fraction um, Hawkeye drawing. Um, and then I've got, uh, actually, I don't know who drew these, but I've got like comic book character renderings of all the guys from Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash. You know, that show comic book men that was on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've got like at the beginning of the show, they're all like superhero type characters. Well, mm-hmm. somebody did those drawings in, um, what do you call those things? Gels, like inked drawings on, um, on, yeah, I know what you're talking the about. Translucent stuff, but I don't know. Yeah. What, I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Something, something fancy. Um, so I've, I've had those for a while and I haven't really had a place to kind of put them in the house. So when I finally redid my, my downstairs and kind of turned, turned it into like a, a gym area, mm-hmm. finally have kind of the room that will work. So I've been saying I need to sit down and, and frame these things. So it's kind of turned into, um, like 
batch production, just cranking out frames and playing around with different profiles, you know, because they're, they're all very contemporary things. You don't want to put like a heavily ornate kind of frame on, on comic book art. Mm -hmm. So I've been having fun with like flatline chamfers and things like that. So I just finished up a frame, of a framed picture, framed an autograph picture of Adam West and Burt Ward in full Batman and Robin regalia. Oh, very sweet. cool. So yeah, my, 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 Jim, my pain cave is turning into the ultimate nerd cave. Now I've got comic book art and, you know, Adam West autographs and everything, but it's been a lot of fun. I've just finished up my sixth frame. Um, I think I need one more. Um, but yeah, it's one of those little projects that you've kind of like set aside for a while and figure one of these days I'll get to it mm -hmm. and been a lot of fun. So awesome, man. Yes, sir. I'm all for it. I love decorating with that stuff. My whole office is uh, comic book art and Star Trek and Star Wars references everywhere. Yeah. It's you know, the, the irony is the, the stuff that I call work um, <laughs> that takes me to the lumber yard <laughs> is starting to look a lot like Matt Cremona's fun uh -oh. because yeah. I've been sawing logs, um, playing with our wood miser. <laughs> Isn't it fun though? And nice. like the, the ultimate like dream workshop build, mm -hmm. we are completely redoing our millwork. Um, on site, not, not the architecture millwork up in Pennsylvania or like linear molding run millwork. And, uh, been working with the, the mill foreman on like planning the runs and like, you know, in feed and out feed and moving things in and out. So Sorry. it's like planning, planning, planning your runs. workshop. That's, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, usually you, you don't, plan that's what I was, that's, but. that's, yep. There you go. Yep. The runs ruin, <laughs> plan, ruin what you have planned. Plan, Plan for run prevention, <laughs> foreshortening of runs. Anyway, you know, we, you, you get to plan out like the average hobbyist workshop. And, and what was the square footage of your big shop, Mark? In uh, 1,800. Yeah. I'm talking like 25,000 square Ooh. feet. It's really fun. Wow. <laughs> With $100,000 molding machines. And, yeah, and no kidding, man. you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of fun. It's one of those things that, you know, if I wanted to be completely unrelatable, <laughs> I could, I could you know, film this whole thing. But yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting when, uh, it's certainly it's not that money is no object, but from the hobbyist perspective, yeah, it's a whole, whole different playing field and looking into like automation technology and, and, um, machines and chain runs and things like that to, uh, not only sort and grade boards without a single person being involved, but then how it does like, um, like collating of the board. Just think about like a, you know, fancy copy machine and how it can collate everything and staple it and ring bind it. You can do the same thing with lumber, you know, and the scanners and lasers and, oh, it's awesome. It's, it's a bit of a Tim Allen moment. In other words, nice and a lot of fun. Mm, sounds good. All right. we got a couple of announcements. We haven't done these in a while. Turns out one of us was paying attention to what's going on in the rest of the world. So not me. Yep. I have a couple things here. <laughs> so if you haven't heard, um, you guys know, Jimmy DeResta, he and a bunch of other bearded dudes have a show on Netflix <laughs> called making fun. And uh, I knew this was bunch coming out just when they dudes. started teasing about it. So <clears throat> the cool thing about it was uh, Mateo was watching Netflix one morning and it was, you know, they kind of put it across his plate and he's got a, a kid's account on there. Um, so they definitely are pushing it to kids to see this. And I walked in and he's just watching it. I, I was going to tell him, Hey, you should check this out when you get a chance. Um, but he had already found it and was watching one of the episodes um, and I watched it for about five minutes. I didn't get a chance to thoroughly dig into this whole thing yet, but, um, it's a, it's a fun premise. It's basically making things that come from the imagination of children and the, the guys are kind of bringing them to life. 
Um, so pretty cool premise. And if you got Netflix, it's, it's there waiting for you if you want to check it out and probably a good thing to watch with the kids. If you want to get them kind of yeah. encouraged, uh, to, to start making things. Have you guys, any of you watched this yet? Um, I, I got about halfway through the first episode and then had to like go do work. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting premise. Uh, I like the idea and you know, it's, it's a, a big focus on the kids. Yeah. I think at least the first part that I saw, you know, they, they, they basically do like a conference where all, all the bearded dudes to quote Mark are, are sitting in the workshop <laughs> yeah. and the kids call in over like, you know, a video conference and they're, they're throwing around ideas and uh, it's a lot of what you would expect kind of Jimmy DeResta sass there to be. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I think it's a really cool premise. So I'm going to, I'll dig into it a little bit further um, at some point. <laughs> My Netflix queue is a little bit daunting at this point. It's um, it's funny too, because there's this whole like extra thing happening that uh, I mean, maybe we shouldn't even talk about it or bring attention to it. I don't know, but they're just, they're getting their balls busted like big time. Uh, by some folks on Twitter who are not happy with the, the format of the show being five bearded guys, <laughs> that there's no people oh. of color, there's no women. Um, and it was interesting because I thought about this. That's a lot of pressure, like to come up with this idea, to make this show happen, and then to put it out to the world. And, and I was trying to think as I'm watching this criticism come in, whether it's fair or not, I'm not here to judge, uh, but I'm watching the criticism going, yeah, you know, in 2022, it's kind of difficult to make a show like this without having representation. That's the expectation that's out there. And then I saw, uh, Jackman, Paul Jackman is one of the, the main guys on the show. Uh, I saw someone level that criticism that they, you know, really wish they would have seen, uh, had more females on the show or, you know, just other people, the variety of people there. And his response was actually as like as sensible as you might think, which is just, well, look, the, the show idea was about five good friends who would come together to try to make these crazy things that these kids are requesting. And the show was about, it would, it would be like saying there's not enough representation on this show, but the show exists because the three of us are friends and we like to talk. So it makes it very difficult for them to shoehorn, um, you know, just for, for political correctness, uh, to shoehorn that, that sort of variability into the show when that's not the, how the show was, you know, conceived. So it's, it's a very yeah. interesting position. I don't, I can't agree or disagree with, with the criticism that's happening, but I can, I thought it was a great answer to say, yeah, but here's, this was the idea. And now like, you want me to change the idea? Who am I kicking off the show to bring someone else on the show? So I, I don't know. I thought right. it was a good answer. <laughs> now that I, I agree. And, and you know, I hadn't even thought about it. That's probably because I'm a white dude. I don't have a beard though. I can't really grow one. Slacker. Either, but Slacker. I know, I know. I feel slightly discriminated against because it's a bunch of bearded guys, but you know, there's certainly um, a, a plethora now of female talent in the woodworking world. So it's not like that have to go too far. But at the same time, like how many shows have you watched where you know that somebody said, oh, we can't do this. We don't have enough, you know, diversity in here. Yeah. So let's plug in a person here, plug in a person here. And now we have this, you know, rainbow of presenters and you're, you're kind of like, there's no chemistry between them all. Right. So I, I get what Paul's saying, you know, um, because I do think from what I saw, there is chemistry, uh, with those guys and the way they're kind of, you know, you, you said they're getting their balls busted, but they actually push back to the kids, you know, in the, in the, the, the pitch session where the kids are pitching a fart humidifier. That was the one thing that sticks in mind, you know, <laughs> and, and the guys are like, yeah, that's stupid, you know, and it's, it's very cool. And I've always been a fan of, um, <laughs> Speaking as someone who doesn't have kids, I've always been a fan of the idea of, of not like 
treating kids like kids, but like treating them as equals and not trying to talk down to them. Mm -hmm. And this is more my wife talking at this point as a teacher. She's on equal playing field with all of her kids, regardless, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth graders. She talks to them like they're equals and encourages them to talk to her, you know, the same way. And I think it just ends up being much more powerful. That is one thing I will say that I liked about this show is it's about the kids. It's not about the five bearded dudes yeah. um, and, and making their dreams come to life and encouraging them to invent things and, and let their imagination run wild. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate the criticism, but at the same time, I encourage people to kind of take a step back and remember it's not about the builders. It's about the kids. Yeah, really. Yeah, totally. Granted, I've only seen half of one episode, so I could be completely <laughs> off the mark here. The whole so. point is they're having fun. You know, they're you know, doing things to, you know, build these crazy, useless things, you know, that kids want to see made come to life. But I think it's the whole point is to be inspirational. And I think if, if the if the genesis of this idea was around these five friends, how do you morph that into something that fits through this new filter that everything has to go through these days um, just to make sure everyone feels included? It's, it's, a, it's a tough line to walk. Uh, I don't envy it, but either way, I do think yeah. overall it's, it's a positive thing that a show like that is, uh, it seems to be doing really well too. So that's, that's good. news. Well, and on the flip side, the other show that Darest is involved, involved in is making it with Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler. And that is as diverse as it gets. Yeah. You know, contestants are from all walks of life, you know, shape, size, sex, creed, everything. Yep. So, so yeah, um, there you go. Anyway. Okay. Moving on. What's that um, next one? I'll grab this one cause I dropped it in uh, blue it. spruce has released a new honing guide, which at first I was like, oh boy, another honing guide. But I got to admit, <laughs> this is pretty cool. Um, it looks like a Mars rover though. It does. Like the first time I looked at it or like something out of the matrix, like all the knurled knobs reminds me of those um, uh, those hovercraft things that the, they flew around in, like Morpheus and Neo flew around in. Yeah. Very, very matrixy like thing. What I don't know and what's interesting is like when I, when I click through to the page, there's no capacity numbers it looks like it's designed for chisels yeah but does it fit plane blades i don't know it doesn't look like it's terribly wide and they show that it fits on a lot of stones so i imagine you know smaller plane blades but you would think that they would put somewhere on the sales page this also works on plane blades or Mm -hmm. it fits up to you know and it is interesting as i talk about how it was made for blue spruce chisels and you look at it and go okay well you know lee nielsen would fit in there as well veritas would fit in it but they're very focused on it fits blue spruce chisels, you know, buy more blue spruce chisels to go with this specialty blue spruce honing guide. But yeah, it's well, uh, it does oh, say kind of interesting. The uh, in addition to working with shorter blades, blah, blah, smaller footprint, uh, simply clamp your chisel in the guide. I don't think they're even pretending this is for plain blades. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think maybe like which is I mean, really interesting. And, half, and blue, spru- a blue spruce. I mean, if you're looking at servicing what they produce, uh, they don't make plane blades. They don't make plane blades. Yeah. Kind of a ballsy move though. It's a ballsy like, move. How many people, it's, it's also 200 bucks. Well, yeah, that too. Like how many people want to have like a chisel honing guide and a plane blade honing guide? Maybe, I don't know. They may be out there, but uh, at this point, my sharpening is to try to keep it as simple as possible. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it looks cool. You don't even use it gets the bling factor for me. Yeah, what do you know? Well, <laughs> that was part of my part of my evolution, Matt. What do you know? I used to use a guide. Then You're I was enlightened like, ah. and elevated. Why are you even looking at this? 
Yeah. Why are you we'll bringing just go yourself down to even talk about this? <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, here's the thing, though. That's pretty expensive. The Lee Nielsen honing guide, 125 bucks. Veritas Mark II, uh, the, the whole set, 129 bucks. Um, what do you got? A little side yeah. clamper dealie uh, from Veritas, the side clamping version, 46 bucks. Uh, and a lot of those will take plain blades too. So yeah, this is, I mean, it looks nice. It's gorgeous, but Ooh, that's, that's a heavy duty price tag. Yeah. I like the rubber wheels. Mm -hmm. I like the way the, the, the wheels are, are angled so that it really, it looks very, very stable in use, which I think would be nice, but yeah, if it has, if it does in fact have limited capacity and like only one and a half inch chisel fits in there, I would have a major problem with that. Well, and one thing I've learned, like just goofing around with various honing guides, you don't really know its limitations until you have it in your hands. A lot of these things do not become obvious until you go, well, okay, I got my little skew chisel. I'm going to do, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> like, or I've got, you know, it doesn't fit this plain blade. You don't know until you're actually working with it, which makes it a pretty, any of these can be a little bit tricky to, to buy unless you know for sure what that total capacity is. That just sounds like another okay, well, yeah. show item for you. Do. There you go. How's, how big is that? Oh, how big go. is your budget for that new segment? Oh, it's, it's, new it's, it's venture there. I'll spend whatever I uh, whatever I have to to piss people off. <laughs> it's so it's worth nice. it at any price. You know, it, it, it's hard because sometimes you can spend a little tiny bit and get a lot of yield, or you can spend a lot mm-hmm. and not get any yield either. There's no direct correlation. Yep. Cost to no, his office. No. The problem with the review thing is it's really <laughs> guided by my interest. So if I personally need a thing and I can't decide which one to get, then my brain goes, well, I can make the excuse of I'm going to do a review and a comparison. So now I have to buy all four of these and then I've got a video to do. Just doing this for the sake of doing tool reviews. Uh, no, thanks. No, thanks. Not fun. No, we're not, we're not I'm going to take yet. a hard pass. Nope, not yet. Okay. I'm not that desperate. I mean, how long have you been doing this? Like almost coming up on 20 Long years? time. Hey, some, some nice dude in the, the guild group on Facebook put, put up a post with one of my early videos. And he's like, I just wanted to say thanks to Mark for after all these years, still coming up with like great ideas and cool things to do on his show. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm glad people think that. I don't know that I feel <laughs> that I've earned that praise because I've done a lot of dumb things. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, and, and I saw that particular post and he yeah. was citing your trip to the lumberyard video, which I have to admit is my favorite Nicole Spagnuolo yeah. cameo. Yeah. She's, one. she's brilliant in that movie. That, that was the peak of her, her <laughs> that was it. career right I, there. We can thank, I think we can thank the director, uh, to be honest, but uh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, that was a good one. So anyway, uh, that's uh, that's an expensive honing guide. Go check it out. Comes in blue and black as well. So you got that going for you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't let that go. But when did we start choosing colors for our honing guides as well? It's like, it's you're not buying a t-shirt here, folks. Well, I love that they're Woodpeckers owns them now, right? So yeah. they're, yeah, they're stuck with red. I think Woodpecker's just like, well, shoot, we're going to try some blue and black. Let's really, you know, <laughs> kick off our shoes and have some fun here. Just, I just love that now there's a drop down box on your sales page for your, your honing guide to yeah. choose your color. Yeah. That's <laughs> nice. This is Bridge the, uh, City, eat your heart out. They just took it to the next level. It's the influencer <laughs> impact here. That's what's going yeah, on. Yeah, it's fault. true. It's true. Oh, well, you know, Mark, you can, you can have a honing guide that matches the rest of your yes, tools. I know that's important. Yes. Uh, that is important to me. Yeah. You yeah, know who see? else also enjoys a nice blue anodized aluminum? Ah, oh, very nice. Thank you. Wow. I like a lot of blue. Wow. Blue. That's right. It's Rockler, baby. That might be the best one. <laughs> Thank you. 
did that on the fly too. Uh, they have, uh, they've got classes. I don't know if you know this about them. Uh, if you're ready to learn more about woodworking techniques, Rockler classes and demonstrations can be an exciting step in the right direction presented by members of Rockler's friendly and knowledgeable staff, as well as special, uh, special is the word I'm trying to say guests. Uh, these in-store sessions have something to offer woodworkers of all skill and experience levels. Topics range from wood turning cabinet building, finishing techniques, woodworking uh, with a CNC machine, Uh-oh. and many more. That's not, good that's stuff. Not what talking about. Well, let's not believe <laughs> that. If actually take that question with you to Rockler, <laughs> talk to them about it, and uh, ask, is this really woodworking what we're doing here? Oh, so you please. can visit rockler.com <laughs> and find all the uh, stores near you, and you can sign up. And if you're not near a store, Here's what you're going to do. You're going to check out their website for all their educational resources, including their videos, articles, and free step-by-step project plans. It's all there at rockler.com and all the blue anodized aluminum you could possibly ask for. I got to say, if you go to their website right now, if you, uh, who knows there, people are going to hear this like a week from right now. Uh, the, 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 the way that they're like lighting some of their stuff, like their router tables with that blue and gray and like good shadows, it just like, it's just looking, I don't want to say, I don't want to curse. I'm trying not to say a bad word, but I mean, I mean something good. It looks cool. Like Rockler's branding has morphed from like reliable, great woodworking company to like, now that looks pretty cool. Like that. I want to see the, the, the drop down with the various colors here. This, this is, is hitting <laughs> style points, mm. which you, you don't need to in nice. woodworking. Right. But they're well, getting style. You definitely points do. It counts for something a lot. I sure. like it. Good. Anyway, supposed according to. to Blue Spruce, about eighty dollars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Well, anyway, store classes. You want to learn more about woodworking? Tired of just uh, you know quick videos on YouTube? Well, you can get it uh, right from the people who know what they're doing. Head over to Rockler.com and uh, check all that good stuff out. Okay. So we got questions here, guys. Shannon, you want to take the first one? We got questions. This one's from Andrew. Uh, He says, hi, guys, love your show. I'm making a stacked set of shelves with sides and vertical styles connected with sliding dovetails. I know that probably only makes sense in my own head. Um, I cannot do sliding dovetails by hand anymore due to my arthritis. Mm. I find myself looking at my router and thinking, can I route a 3 8 inch board? Is it thick enough for enough of a router bit to even have enough grip slash bite? And would you say that is safe enough? I have brain frog and cannot wrap my gray cells around it. Please help. So um, I, I kind of chose this question because I'm hoping for a little bit of input from you guys because I haven't cut a sliding dovetail with a router in like nine, 10 years. Um, yeah. I have done it in a three eighths inch board with hand tools with no problem whatsoever. Um, the biggest limitation is actually not the socket, the female side of the joint, but usually the tail part. Um, because when you get to a really thin board, what you have to worry about is the neck of that dovetail being even thinner. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're joining a three eighths inch board to a three eighths inch board, um, the maximum width of that tail the, at the bottom of the tail, if you will, is going to be three eighths of an inch, right? So it means the neck is going to be probably at least a 16th, if not more narrower than that. So you're going to have this really, really fragile section at the, at the neck of the, the dovetail, the socket itself should be fine. Like if you were to, you know, do half, half the thickness, three sixteenths of an inch deep, you still have that mechanical junction. Um, you could possibly alter the angle, but that's a little hard to do with a router bit. You know, you can buy certain, you can buy different angled dovetail bits. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, it's certainly possible by hand, but doing it with 
a, you know, 20,000 RPM router is a little terrifying, you know, work holding tiny skinny pieces. I would definitely want to back it up and, you know, double stick tape it down to a thicker board and mm-hmm. all that fun stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I would worry about the, the male part more than the female part of the joint myself, but I can say it's possible doing it by hand. Yeah. And it, you're limited by the router bit itself too. Um, you may mm-hmm. have to be doing a little bit of digging to find a really tiny profile router bit to make that uh, female side small enough. Oh, yeah. right. You of know? course. Yeah. This and is why I'm glad times, I asked you guys. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. You're very yeah. limited in your selection of router bits at the, at the base at the narrowest. They're only going to get so narrow, which is why hand cut dovetails versus machine cut dovetails. You can almost always tell that it's a machine cut dovetail because your, your, your uh, pins and tails are only going to get so small. Right. Yeah, certainly not. Router bit. You know, if you consider you consider the shank as a quarter inch mm-hmm. at smallest, yeah. you know, you're not gonna find uh, a profile that's gonna be smaller than a quarter inch. Not that I could see. Not yeah. that it wouldn't be super fragile and break off and <laughs> terrify me to use. Well, and I think depending on the structure, you just go with something that's really shallow using one of these standard bits um, and just see see how strong it is. I mean, sometimes with yeah. certain joints, you don't need to go as deep as we think. At times, sometimes a good eighth of an inch, if it's a nice, you know, decent hardwood and a good crisp joint, if it's a captured right. thing, whatever it is you're putting in there, that eighth of an inch with some glue actually just might be enough. Yeah. And, you know, he doesn't really, I mean, he talks about he's making a stack set of, set of shelves. I don't really know what the three eighths inch is. I mean, I would assume that's the socket side of the, of the joint. So maybe, yeah. maybe whatever the shelf is, is thicker. You know, and it's just the styles that are are relatively thin, in which case I actually think, you know, we, we talk about like Mark's beginning of this. He talked about how he's removed so much of the wood in the leg that you just got this tiny little sliver left over. Yeah. But once you actually fill all those voids with loose tenons, with integral tenons, whatever, and glue it in place, all that wood is back. Right. The structural back, integrity baby. of the leg is back because you've plugged up all the holes. Back. Yeah. Yeah. It's back. So yeah, the, the weakness that might occur by routing out half the thickness of a three eighths inch board kind of disappears once you fill it with that tail and glue and everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's not really a limiting factor. So yeah, I say try it as long as your tail board can be achieved. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, it's worth experimenting with a little bit. Okay, got a question here from Devin. Thanks is for not quitting. Uh, he says, what's your favorite finish for a kitchen countertop? I think this is funny since like last week we talked about not <laughs> doing wood countertops. It's a good question for me to answer then. Uh, he says, I'm remodeling my kitchen and putting in a hard maple counter. I'm torn between all the different approaches of how one might do the top. Should I do a hard film finish like water locks or a spar varnish, or maybe a simple environmentally friendly penetrating oil like tried and true. Pardon me. Uh, something else I'd love to hear what you guys as woodworkers would put on a countertop in your own busy homes. Well, I think granite is what Not we wood. decided last time. Anything right? but wood. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if, uh, so I'm addressing this as like, if I was presented with a wooden countertop, what would I do? So I think some of this falls on, you got two things to be concerned, two primary things to be concerned about. One is who's using it. Like what are their expectations for how it's to be used? Is it actually going to be a cutting surface or is it simply acting as a countertop and all cutting and food contact, all that stuff will happen on a supplementary surface. If that's the case, then I do think there's some merit to going with a thick film finish that protects this surface because really what you want to do is protect it from spills, keep it looking nice and make it something that you can clean periodically. 
but you are now putting on a thick, heavy duty film. If you are expecting that there's going to be a little bit of, uh, you know, more interaction with the surface, then I am in favor of finishes that tend to also be a little bit more environmentally friendly ones that could be easily renewed. They won't look like a film, but it will repel moisture and uh, staining and things like that. And if you get a knife scratch or something in that, you could actually do like a spot uh, cleanup on that and a little bit of a sanding or smoothing and then hit it with some more of that same finish. Uh, those also tend to be the more environmentally friendly. So that's kind of the second side of this. If a priority here is a low to no VOC finish, that's very good for you and the environment. You're probably going to want to stay away from those films. Um, you're going to be on the opposite end of the spectrum, looking at some of the hard wax oils or a tried and true multiple coats of uh, diluted tongue oil uh, is always an option too. That's very you know, pleasant, especially if you dilute with orange. Um, what is that? D, D limonene or whatever it is. Uh, that orange solvent stuff smells great. Um, so that's always an option too. <clears throat> Man, I love using that stuff on like kitchen utensils. Mm, mm. I want to drink it. Yeah. It's good. So that's really what it comes down to. You know, you got two major factors there. How are you using it? And then what are the expectations for, you know, VOC environmentally friendly and an also repairability, but there, I can't tell you which one to do. All those would probably work. I think for myself these days, I've gone way more you know, to the other side of the spectrum in avoiding finishes that off gas too much or uh, are a little bit more, you know, annoying to work with. Um, so I probably would be going for a finish that requires more, a little more maintenance, a little bit more renewal, but tends to be a little bit easier to work with, safer to work with and, you know, no VOC that, but that's just me personally. One thing I will say to you, Devin, is make sure you listen to the next episode because we have some kickback from a wood countertop owner. You do indeed. And he talks about his finish. Make sure yeah. you just really poor planning on, on my part when I put together these show notes and didn't put Great that teaser. one in this episode. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> okay, you good? You guys good on the, the countertops thing for mm -hmm. for now? Until next time. Yep, yep for, for the moment. Until next time. <laughs> uh, my question is from Justin. Uh, he loves the show and loves the banter. Uh, begins to look for a new table saw currently has a job site saw that is mounted on a rolling storage cart and gets the job done. But he's had for three years. Dust collection is abysmal and the fence is not super accurate. When he sets it, he has to constantly push it back into the table to score it up before locking it down and have to double check all the measurements to make sure it doesn't move as you're, you know, locking the fence down. Maximum rip capacity is 26 inches. The table is not very stable when extended to full length. I really want something more accurate and consistent and something I can rely on for many years to come. Yeah, as a hobbyist woodworker that mostly spends weekends in a two-car garage uh, that turns into a one-car garage in the winter when the wife's car comes in. Yeah, I know. Mm. It gets cold there in Wisconsin, but I'd rather park outside myself than lose the whole shop for five months. My question is this. We're to the question now. In a small shop where I'm using the table saw for almost every project on almost every weekend of the year, making anything for small boxes, the tables and bookcases and wanted to buy a saw that I won't need to replace for many years. Do you think a contractor saw will meet my needs or should I spring for a full cabinet saw? I'm trying to be somewhat thrifty, but surprisingly my wife <laughs> was the one that said I, could, I should consider spending more money to get what I want. <sighs> That's a good one. Okay. Does she have a sister? <laughs> Sorry. That's what guys say, right? That's what you're supposed to say. Yeah. Uh, that, yes. <laughs> I don't know if our wives will appreciate that so much, but yeah, that's <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. So I, uh, 
I thought I would approach this question with my sort of experience going from a um, a contractor saw to a cabinet saw. Um, so I had the rigid the granite top. Uh, you had one of those? I did. I loved it. That's oh, cool. The good old fantastic. Look at you. That saw was amazing. That's great. And then I went and I got the saw stuff. So it was my first you know, proper, you know, cabinet saw or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I will say this: the the cheaper the rigid, the uh, contractor saw was just as accurate and it gave me just as good a results as the saw stop. The biggest difference between the two, in my opinion, is just the overall sort of user experience. Mm-hmm. The saw stop is far more smooth in all of the mechanisms. Um, like on the rigid, if you're trying to, you have to like really turn that hand wheel, put some, put some like muscle into turning it to raise and lower the blade. It's not as smooth as a soft stop. Like, oh, you just one little finger and you just kind of crank it up and down. No problem. Um, and then the fence on the soft stop is like wicked, super smooth. And the ridge is kind of like it binds a little bit, but you put it where it's going to go. You, you lock it down and it doesn't like you have to check it like you mm-hmm. do on a, uh, a job site saw. So I don't really have a good answer for you. I mean, I think if you can afford it and your wife's cool with it, I would just go and just get the last saw you ever buy. But if you're looking to be a little more thrifty, I think you're going to see a huge like night and day difference going from a job site saw to a contractor saw. Just those two saws styles compared to each other. (laughs) Completely night and day difference. In fact, you got to like check the fence every time you set it. Mm -mm. Yeah, no, that's no. Nope. And like it's not going to tip over on you. Probably. I mean, you could. I mean, you're really doing some ridiculous if you tip over a contractor saw. But you know, you do you. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this knowing fully like that this makes me sound bad, but I'm gonna I say it, it anyway. I love it. The thought of using a job site table saw on a regular basis for woodworking would probably send me to a knitting class. Yeah, send you to knitting. Oh yeah, I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, like, we were I talking about like the, the difference in power between an actual like induction motor and a like, universal motor. Yeah. Like it's God, just the sound and that too, the scream yes. of those well, things. Well, and think Ugh. about it like woodworking can be difficult enough, but once you get something set up and you expect it to be straight or you expect that fence to lock in the same position dependably and not be out of you know alignment with the blade, like these are things that you should not have to deal with, but people do. It's just the way things go. But I can't imagine having that origin, that additional frustration and that additional variable that goes beyond, am I just a decent woodworker? It's like, no, now I have to babysit a machine. And I, 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 I have so much respect for people who are on tight budgets and that's all they have, but it, they still get things done in spite of that. I love it. I think it's great. And I'm in a very privileged position to not have to think about that stuff. But my gosh, what a nightmare. Like, get rid of that job site thing if it's in the cards as fast as possible and if you're already talking about the cabinet saw, don't even think about the contractor. Get that cabinet saw. You got permission. You got space. You got the money. Don't even ask a question. Get that cabinet saw. You are going to be happier. I've never heard I mean, you it sounds so like, like it's basically the center of his workshop. So yeah. it's the yeah, tool. using it on every project, right? Like this is the guy yeah. who should have that cabinet. The, the contractor saw probably is going to be fine. But I do think eventually a guy like this is going to hit those limitations too there and just skip it. Get right to the one you want and start oh, making absolutely. some Oh, absolutely. If, if you want it, if you go to the, the 
the contractor saw, you're probably going to upgrade it in the future anyway. So you would, mm-hmm. do you want a stepping stone or do you just want to jump all the way across the pond and want to go get there? Yeah. Yeah. Look at it this way. I worked on a contractor saw, very nice Delta contractor saw for probably eight years. Um, and then I eventually ended up going entirely into hand tools and sold the table saw. So if you want to end up like me, <laughs> you don't want to be like Shannon, buy a contractor you don't want saw. To, who wants to be like you know, Shannon? No one wants to be like Shannon. I, welcome to the dark side, my friend. But if you want to, you know, stay, you know, working with that table saw, then don't tempt fate, no, no. man. Go straight to First the First it's hand tools. Then you're buying bicycles that you don't need. It's a whole thing. <laughs> right. You don't want to go down his right? path. Then you're like getting healthy yeah, and, and how, like... Then oh, you gotta lose it's, weight, it's, and it's completely <laughs> and eat better food. It's completely hypocritical like, too. It's like all, all hand time? tools in the Ugh. shop, but you know, electronic shifting on the bike yeah. and Bluetooth. You think you get to post yeah, gross it's... pictures of you sweating on Instagram <laughs> that other people have to look at? You don't want to be there. Save yourself, man. <laughs> oh man, sweaty man boots. <laughs> all right, well that's gonna do it for us today. Family owned since 1954, Rockler is your go-to source for high quality and innovative woodworking tools, finishing supplies, hardware, lumber, and expert advice. Whether you're building a simple bookshelf, a custom desk, or new ch- new kitchen cabinets, Rockler has everything you need to make your next project a success. Visit rockler.com. <clears throat> Excuse me, I told you. Tough day. Visit rockler.com for a store near you or use the code WOODTALK. That's all one word to receive free shipping on most online orders over $39. And remember to head to rockler.com slash woodtalk to enter for your chance to win a $250 gift card. Hooray. Hey. And a free K-Pax. <laughs> you get a K-Pax. Yeah, do that one too. So... If you, like everybody else listening to the show, wants to find out if Justin's wife has a sister, go to woodtalkshow.com. You can fill out the contact form there, or you can just send us an email or record a voicemail with your proposal to Justin's wife's sister. Um, send those to woodtalkshow at gmail.com. Um, you can also hit us up on our Instagram page. Margaret would be happy to find out if Justin's wife has a sister. And uh, yeah, that's all I can say. Send in those queries. People used to ask me about that. Nicole, they would be like, does she have a sister? I'm like, no, she's got a brother. I can give you his number, though, if you're interested. <laughs> He's a pretty cool guy. Oh, boy. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. And we will catch you next time. See ya. <laughs> good night and good luck. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 